Welcome to the Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister, the show's producer, here with hosts Drew Boreen and Lexi DeLuna. Let's get ready to connect with somebody new today. Well, I'm going to be grumpy for this recording. It's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> we recorded a really good intro talking about Taylor Swift and stuff, and then That's I was shut down because they didn't know I was talking. I was recording. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm grumpy today. So I don't want to leave the intro. Fish, if you do it. We did have a good conversation, and all right, like welcome Lexi to the Connection that. Podcast. <laughs> this is episode four. Today we are uh, interviewing Tina Marchant. Say hello. Hello. Do you like Taylor Swift? Um, I actually don't listen to very much popular music. Oh, me neither. So I don't know hardly any of her songs. That wasn't a no, though. So. A, no, it's not a no. no, no I do no. like some of her music. I've heard some of it, but okay. <laughs> I think, I think was, this works. Are you going to censor this too? No, I won't. <laughs> yeah. I, I told you, I, I already played my one card. I'm, You're going to censor me censor- once per show? <gasps> no. Well, yeah, yeah one time. <laughs> This is so good. <laughs> Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? How, how was your day? Not too bad. What did you do this morning? This morning? Um, I taught seminary this morning. First thing. I think it was pretty good. Lexi, what did you... Oh, never mind. You're not in the class. Yeah. I mean, Joel helped. It was, it was Joel's yeah, it was, discussion. Yeah, it was Joel's discussion. And then you, you taught half. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have a discussion today. We had Brother Gonzalez, I think. And we just talked Fair about enough. Jesus. I mean, I good think that's what we typically talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're a seminary. Oh, I guess Lexi's got a question. I, I guess well, I'll, 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 I'm grumpy now. Sorry. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll go to the seminary thing in a second. First off, um, we want to know more about you, like, growing up. Where did you grow up? Like, um, family life, X, Y, and Z. How many siblings did you have? Okay. I'm going to start there. Um, I was actually born in Washington, D.C. What? That's a true story. So I get to tell people that I was not born in a state. Does that mean you're not a citizen? I'm a citizen, but oh. I was not born in the state, which kind of throws people off, so it's kind of fun. But, I mean, if you grew up in Washington, D.C., would you have voting rights now? Yes. Isn't there, like, a thing going on? They don't have, like, representation? In what? In D.C.? Yeah. They're, like, there's a bunch of, like, you got me. Mm. I don't know. protests. We moved when I was about three months old. Oh, so okay. I don't even know. We actually never lived in the city. We, my parents lived in Maryland. So hey. Just on the border. Mine lived in Rhode Island. They did. I've heard that story. Is this... So we moved to California when I was little, and I would live there for until I was about seven, and then we moved here um, over in Eugene, like Santa Clara area. So that's where I say I grew up. Fair so I did all my growing up there. I have three brothers and no sisters, and the second of the four. Um, what else? Wait, Santa Clara, did you go to North or Sheldon? I went to North. Nice. I know. You were purple. <laughs> Wait, was North is North well, purple? North is, north is red. red. red south is purple. Red, just like the Taylor Swift album. Boom. <laughs> you didn't know that, that until five minutes ago. I know it now. Where are we talking about? Where in California did you live? Uh, San Jose. Yeah. I think my uncle lives there currently. Actually, I actually have no idea what California looks like. Dry. You have no idea what California looks <laughs> like? No, I know what California looks like? looks like, but like when you tell me San Jose, like I wouldn't be able to really show you on a map where San Jose is. Mm. And well, anywhere further either. south yeah, of south, is it south of San Francisco? It's like I don't know. It, I think southeastish. I don't know. It's souther than north. I don't know. We moved wow. when I was seven, and I haven't really ever looked back, so I, I don't know. 
You know, <laughs> never been back to California. Never going back there again. Well, not to that place anyway. So. <laughs> Good memories there, I guess. <laughs> There's just nothing special for me there. I mean, my family was there, but when you're seven, you don't do anything else. So you don't have any other. You just have... like my house and my neighborhood and racing little boats down the gutter. That was the best part about California was it almost never rains. So when it rained, it was like a holiday. And we'd go out, we'd put on our boots, and we'd go and just play in the rain and race little boats down the, the gutters. And it was really fun. I don't think they're thinking about it like a holiday right now. <laughs> um, yeah, right now is not, not, the, not best the best part. right now. How was it growing up with only brothers? Um, I liked it. It was really fun because I, <laughs> I was always really into sports. So I loved roughhousing with my brothers and wrestling and we'd go out and play football a lot and um i just i love that part about it so i when i was little i didn't want to be a girl i wanted to be a boy like all my brothers <laughs> would you beat them up uh, oh yeah for sure my brother just younger than me we were a little bit competitive <laughs> growing up i always felt like he was trying to be better than me which is funny because now we're really close but um, when we were little i definitely didn't have any patience for him and we would uh, we would play football and I would try to be on the opposite team of him because we always played tackle so that then I could tackle him really hard and not get in trouble. Like, <laughs> I could you know, my, my mom would be like, "Well, I told you not to play." So. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Now we're now we're really good friends. So if he's listening, we're super good friends now. Do you, do you make him listen to these podcasts? Um, I haven't yet. You should. Well, now you are. Now, now <laughs> I have to send it to. Him. <laughs> Oh, this is already starting off great. I'm already loving where this is going. What what sports did you play growing up? Um, I played a little bit of everything: uh, soccer, softball, volleyball. I always wanted to play football, but they didn't really offer it um, for girls. Um, what else did I play? I did track one year. Um, anything that had a ball, I would play it. Basketball. Did you, did you play golf? I did not play golf, actually. That is one that I didn't play. I you always felt like golf was Bishop? really hard. We did there is golf. a ball in golf, Tina. I know. It's a golf Okay, ball. it's this tiny little ball, <laughs> and then the stick has this tiny head on I don't know how people do it. We used to go play mini golf, and my mom loved playing mini golf, and I got six and like had to pick up my ball every hole. It was terrible. Is, yeah, golf, really is golf a sport? I would say so. Anybody else? <laughs> uh, I played the fifth on that one. Okay. <laughs> really, I'm not getting any backup here. I don't know. I guess it's technical. But would really you, is it a sport? Or is it, is it a That's sport? True. Or is it a, like a trade? I, the really good people are in shape. It's a rotational sport, just like baseball. That's true, because you, you need your full body to play that, that game. So that like, let's say, whatever. like you're playing baseball. Pitcher swings, serves it to you. You hit it. Uh, it goes into like outfield, and you get in your golf cart and drive to first base. <laughs> <laughs> that would change the game. I don't just play golf, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I played a little bit of everything growing up. I um, in high school, I focused on volleyball and softball. Oh yeah. What did you play volleyball? Um. What do they call it? They would call it like LeBaron now. LeBaron, yeah. Yeah, LeBaron. But they didn't have those rules when I was in high school, so we just called, were called defensive specialists. So I got to play in the back row, and then they would take me out, and I'd have to wait till my rotation would come around and then put me back in. 
So. Was it fun? Yeah, I loved it. Are you good? Well, that was a good, was a good, good bush right there. I don't know. I yeah. thought I was good. I had a lot of fun. That's for sure. So I would guess we'll that say you're good. was good. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Would you like punch it or would you like serve it? I feel like you'd get aggressive and like just take it out. You don't no, punch it. You, you don't have any control. You can do that. It's legal, but you don't have control, so it's not. It's not a thing we do. Like. I think we need to do like a 101 on how sports work. Like, <laughs> also. Have a complaint. Back in when we had a high adventure, I was promised a third versus fifth ward volleyball um, match game, whatever you want to call it, and that is yet to happen. That was like July. That's true, and that was me that brought it up. You're right. And you said it was gonna happen. <laughs> Who do you think would win though, third or fifth? Third. Okay, you're all third know. warders. Can we just agree it'd be third? Yeah, we we okay. can we can take a popular <laughs> vote of this group Thank right you. here. Third ward would win. Maybe fifth ward. You know, if you have other thoughts, you know. Put it in the comments, I guess. I mean, are we talking we'll like youth? No, everyone. Everybody. Just everybody. The best of the best. Well, okay, minimum age twelve. But we we have we have we have Stetson. We have Stetson. We have Bethany. We have Tina. <laughs> I wouldn't even make the team. They've got Emily though. Yeah, they have Emily, Emily and Travis. Which is good. But we got Bethany. We Travis have Lexi. Is just tall. <laughs> His only advantage. Travis a couple of times, and it was scary. Like I thought we were all gonna get injured. <laughs> He's all over the place. <laughs> He's like, oh, watch out! He's so tall, it's like it's hard to get the ball past him. It's like he just stands up and just like holds his hand up and just like <laughs> waves it around. Right, let's let's do it though. A war of the words. What are we doing? That's hard to say. Words. War of Starring. the words. Starring Tom Cruise in super high heeled Two. shoes. All right, we'll we'll talk after. We'll, we need to make it happen. All right. <laughs> All right. Tina part two. We'll do Tina and Dave Glass part two. I hope two. we win. I, that would be hard to say. It turns out we were wrong. <laughs> well, we have it on record yeah, we now. Talk big now. <laughs> Guys, actually, this game already happened. We already won, so. Well, we just need to like schedule it last minute for fifth ward, but then we've had like a ton of practices. Yeah, we've oh, had a ton yeah, of practices. We should. Fifth we ward should just for like six. Fifth ward should just like <laughs> like give up now. What did you play in softball? Center field, which was kind of interesting because uh, I loved playing catcher all through until I got to high school, um, and I went to tryouts, and I didn't go. The first week was varsity tryouts and I didn't go that week because I was like I'm not gonna make varsity I'm a freshman I didn't play on any club teams or anything so I didn't go that week I showed up the next week and everybody was still together but he was like where have you been I was like I didn't try out for varsity I just came to try out for JB and he's like okay well what position do you play and I said well I play catcher <laughs> and he points and he says do you see that girl over there and I said yeah and he goes um she's first team catcher like first team all-state catcher three years in a row because you're not playing catcher <laughs> what else do you play and i said well i've played everywhere you know growing up and, and he goes okay i need a center fielder and i was like okay so that's how i ended up in center field and i made the varsity team as a freshman so what kind of crazy really quick side tangent that just came up in my head <laughs> i'm thinking about lettering and choir that's cool. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Wait, <laughs> a letter for choir? You can. You can? Yeah, I just have to get the Mr. Heisengate, our choir teacher, to sign up on it. Is <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. That's so I'll sick. buy a freaking letterman's jacket and just have a big C on my back for choir. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a stud.
I know in high school sports, like crazy stuff can happen, right? Yeah. Um, do any stories come to mind? Funny stories or stories where you learned something or anything like that? I can think of a couple. I probably shared these with my Sunday school classes and seminary classes over the years, but um, uh, no, they're good. They're good. Um, just small things that come to mind because I was the only member on the team on any of my teams ever. And um, I was just talking to Alan about this the other day about there was a girl on our team. Amy, her name was Amy and she was a little bit older than me. And um, she was like the girl on my softball team that looked out for me. So it, it was always really kind of cool that she did that. But whenever people would start swearing or saying things that are inappropriate, she'd be like, whoa, 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 you can't say that here because there's a Mormon here. And um, <laughs> it was just really, it was just really neat to see that kind of effect. Cause I never had to say anything. Like she just knew. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, another time for in, on my volleyball team, my senior year, um, the team started getting into having team prayer before before a match. And um, one time we went we went and found this quiet spot. I think we were actually playing Springfield. It was at Springfield High School. We went and found a spot, and um, they said, well, "Okay, well, who's who's going to say the prayer?" And we we're all just kind of like, "I don't know." And one of my friends she said, well, Tina should say the prayer because Mormons say really cool prayers. You guys need to hear this. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Pressure's <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Pressure, but it was a really, really neat experience being in that circle with those girls that I played volleyball with since like fourth grade, most of them. And um, just being able to pray with them um, was a good experience. And after, I think I prayed something like that we could perform you know, to the best of our abilities that we've been practicing for, but I didn't ask to win. And one of the girls actually asked me about that later. So how come you didn't pray for us to win? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think God works that way. I think he helps us to perform in ways in which we prepared ourselves. Um, and if we were going to win, then we were going to win, but it wasn't going to be in an unnatural way. If it sense. So it was, um, a really good experience. I learned a lot um, just having those those prayers together and, and multi-denominational kind of thing. So yeah. Did you win? We did not. Oh. Springfield High School had really tall people. We got crushed. <laughs> it makes me think of when I was in medical school. Just when you say you know they ask you to say the prayer. We had this ceremony every year for the families of the people who donated their bodies for the cadaver lab. And uh, every year they would ask me, can you say the Mormon prayer? <laughs> I was like, I, I just know it is a prayer, but yeah, I can do that. <laughs> the trademark one. Yeah, we have rote prayers sometimes, nope. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> I think that might've been one of the reasons why they, like Mormons say the coolest prayers because it's not always the same, right? It, we we actually actually pour our hearts out instead of um, just memorizing something. I think that means a lot to people. Never mind. I'm not going to. Sorry. Never mind. Okay, really quick. You were talking about Look, I'm filtering um, myself. that uh, teammate who like defended you and like mm -hmm. would stick up for you. Then you were also talking earlier about how um, something happened in the fourth grade. That <laughs> oh yeah. I want to hear more about. So. Um, in the fourth grade, 
I, <laughs> yeah. I got in this phase of, of swearing. Like it was really big and my friends and they were telling inappropriate jokes and it was just a big deal. And I remember um, not really feeling good about it, but I remember doing it quite often. Um, and then one day I was riding in the car with my mom and she was telling a story to one of her friends about something that happened to her when she was a kid. And I don't know if she was just super in tune or if she knew what I'd been doing at school, I don't know. Like moms are weird like that, but she was telling her friend, she said, oh yeah, I did this thing and, and my mom defended me and she said, oh no, not Cindy, she would never do that. <laughs> and like in that moment in my head, I was like, whoa, my mom can't say that about me right now. She can't say, oh no, Tina, she would not do that. Um, and it had a really big impact on me in the fourth grade. Um, since that day, like I'm, I have always made sure that swearing has never been something that comes out of my mouth. And I think some people, um, that's a struggle for some people. But for me, since that day, when I made that decision, it just makes sense um, in my head. And I remember in high school, even because we always, you know, we have things that we say instead, you know, and I think um, Mother of Pearl was one of my ones that I said a lot in high school. And I remember one of my friends going, oh, we know what you're really thinking. I was like, actually, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And I think it's because I had made that decision and because I had put that into practice that those things don't even run through my head. And I've always found that as a um, blessing. And I'm pretty sure my mom was in tune. Like she knew that I needed to hear that somehow. But, so. I love that. And I can tell it means a lot to you. Yeah. Um, and I love that mental checkpoint of if there's a value or principle that I hold to be in high esteem or it's, it's important to me, can somebody I know and love and care about say that I stick to that, that I follow it? That's cool. Yeah. Agreed. Do you want to ask a question? Because I, I have one that I can do. Um, I have one too, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. You can take it. Okay, so we were talking about this a little bit before. Um, how did you and Alan meet? Oh, this is a good story. So um, I was going to BYU during the school year, and then I would come home for the summers to work. And he was at the student ward. Um, we were actually in different wards. They used to have two student wards over at the U of O, and we were in different ones. But um, one, this guy in my ward invited me to go on a boat. And I was like, sweet, I want to go on a boat. So um, he's like, we're going to go water skiing and wakeboarding. I'm like, cool, I've never done that, but let's go do it. And <laughs> so we showed up, and it was Alan's boat, his dad's boat. And um, it was just me and Alan and this guy, Mike Rose. And I thought I was on a date with Mike, but I think he was just talking to me because he liked my best friend, which is typical. She was really pretty. But anyway, um, so we showed up and Al as Alan tells it, he says, uh, I got invited back and Mike didn't. So that's, <laughs> that's how we met. Was he good then? Because I know he's good now. At water skiing? Yeah. 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 He, he doesn't hesitate to tell you to. <laughs> like, can any of you guys do an impression of him? Because I think it's really hard to be really funny. If I could a year ago, now I'd. Yeah. No, I want to hear this. 
No, it, it it's gone. I can't. Okay, do it well, can you you can do one, right? No, probably not. Uh, I'm not good with impressions. Dang it! I was gonna try, but I know it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> like, do we have? Do I have to do this now, or do we want to well, move on? Yeah. <laughs> Is this your second sensor? No. No. We're good. Okay. Um, Lexi, do you want to ask your next question? What? Uh, sorry. It was a really random, awkward segment from Andrew Boreen, sponsored. We should have one of those every time. This awkward segment was brought to you by... <laughs> Andrew Boreen. And the letter R. And the letter R. <laughs> Thank you, Sesame Street. Nice. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> you are talking about um, your mom and how moms just, like, kind of have, I don't know, instincts or something. But you left Emma on your doorstep. <laughs> so really oh, bad mom days. Yeah, so we actually were going to your house, Drew, oh, yeah. to pick up my Andrew, who was hanging out with Joel. And we get down to your house, and I was like, "Okay, go get Andrew." And and two of the girls get out, and, and they go and they go to get him, and he comes back, and I was like, and I look behind me, I'm like, "Where's Emma?" And they were like, I don't, I don't know. And I said, did she go in there with you? Because she's not in the car anymore. And they were like, no, she didn't come with us. And I was like, oh, crap. We totally left Emma at home. And we were on our way to, to Naya's karate lesson. So she did not get to go to karate class that day. <laughs> and we rushed back home. And Emma's just sitting on the doorstep with her. She had a little device at the time. And she's just looking at it. And she looks up at me. And she goes, she's probably three, maybe four. And she goes, mom. You left me here. <laughs> and that was it. Like, she, she wasn't upset or anything. She was just like, I can't believe you left me here. I was like, yep, that happened. I can hear the same like same reaction from you, though. You just like be sitting there and you look up and be like, well, look who decided to come back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So did you, as you're driving, do you have a feeling something's not right, I, but you can't put your finger on it? or On the way there, no. <laughs> no, no, no impressions at all. <laughs> I didn't even realize that she wasn't with us. So. I guess she was fine. Like yeah, she was. So she when was. you when you find out that she's not with you, what's going on through your head at that? Oh, point? panic for sure. I'm like, what if she goes out in the street? You know, like what if a stranger comes by? Like, totally panic. Because you guys are right there by the street too. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were in the back at the time, so. Yeah. There was, she had she was sitting on the porch, <laughs> just hanging out. Have you ever? I'm curious. Have you ever shared that story with, like, because I think every mom, like, and dad too, as their mom or dad fail. Have you ever shared it with them? Like, we we all do this. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That it's funny because, like, in sacrament meeting, I know some some moms or dads will be, you know, they kind of get upset when their kids are not behaving. And they get embarrassed and they're like, oh man, I can't believe it. And they have to leave, right? Well, sometimes I've, I'm like smiling or laughing on the inside, but not because <laughs> I'm laughing at them. It's more like I've been there, you know? <laughs> you know and, it, and I just want them to know like, it's okay. We have all been there. Uh, one time, um, Alan has like never sat with us until he got released as bishop. So before that, the kids were little and he never sat down with us. So it was always just me and the kids. And, um, and sometimes, and grandma would help too, but she'd have one kid and I'd have these other kids and Emma just started freaking out one sacrament meeting. And I think it was when um, Charlotte Westover was going to sing 
a, a new song that Charlotte and I had written <laughs> oh together. And I was like, I hadn't even heard it yet. And Emma started freaking out. So I took her out into the hallway and she starts screaming at the top of her lungs. So I take her into a room and she's still screaming. I was like, oh my gosh. So we went outside and they could still hear us because people are starting to look out the window. And I'm like, ah, so we go all the way on the other side of the parking lot and we're just sitting there and she's screaming. And I sat down on the sidewalk and she sat next to me and just screamed. And for 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So she just kept screaming and until she, she beat her pants and then she's like, she just stopped like that fast. She goes, I just pee my pants. She goes, yeah. she goes, can we go back into church now? <laughs> so, so yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. So if you ever see me laughing as you're taking your kid out in sacrament meeting, I'm just, I'm commiserating with you. Wait, how old was she? Three. Oh my God. <laughs> Emma was just... Yeah. <laughs> The legend is what, the, what percentage of the stories are about Emma? Yeah, let's keep <laughs> going. I want some more Emma stories. Quite a few yeah. Emma stories. She's she has a personality that, yeah. that tends to lend to a story. Sure. <laughs> well, I think this is a good direction for the podcast. Let's get some more Emma stories. Yeah, yeah we should we should bring Emma, on. Emma. <laughs> bring Emma on. <laughs> do you have any do you have any good ones? I'm, I'm curious now actually. Yeah, I'm going. Well, I got another question, oh, okay. so if we want to stick on this topic, we can. But... I mean... Yeah, okay. We can move on. Let's move on, then. You brought up, actually, how you had written a song, right? Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to like go to girls' camp this year, which was really neat, and you helped to write that song, right, for a girls' camp? Sort of. I, I was you... just wanting to know more about it, because all I heard was... Like Tina helped to write the song for Girls Camp, and there we go. But yeah, maybe tell us more about the the name of the song and how that process which went about. One? Yeah, which one? yeah. Uh, so quite a few years ago, the board had a, a service auction, which was really yeah. fun. So we all offered up like some of our talents and our skills, and we could bid on them and things. And um, I actually bid on one that Charlotte did where she said she would turn a poem into a song. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And so I had a, a poem that I had published once when I was in college. And I was like, oh, I, I want to hear this one. So the first the first one we did was A Ship Set Sail is what it's called. Um, so it was just a poem. And I gave it to Charlotte and she made a song out of it. And it, it was so fun. So then a couple of years later, I started helping out with girls camp. And um, we said, hey, let's do... Let's do this again. Let's do one for the girls' camp theme. Um, so every year since then, I think we have seven, maybe seven or eight songs now. There's so a lot. Do, There's yeah. a what book. Was, what was the one from this year? Or this um, past year, I guess. Something about share your light or something like that. <laughs> no, bring someone it? along. It's like bring someone oh, along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wrote this. Come on. It was um, don't and don't don't come, come alone. alone. Yeah. yeah, come unto Christ is what, I think what we just left as the title is come unto Christ and don't come alone. Yeah. <laughs> Parentheses so and don't come alone. It was it was from a journal conference talk. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I write the poem just from the theme and then Charlotte takes it and twists it all around and makes it music and it's like she'll music. she'll rearrange the poems yeah, too. Yeah, she does. Yeah. That's why when people are like, "Oh, you guys wrote a song," I was like, "I didn't really write a song." <laughs> You're the inspiration. I, I put some words down, and then Charlotte goes from there. So it's awesome. You're the meaning in life for <laughs> the inspiration. 
so good at references right now. But yeah, like I get to hear all those songs because like it's my mom. They're they're really good. I like I think we need like my mom's like no we should but, like we totally should get them out there more because they're like they're really good and they're like spiritual and they're not like well this is my personal opinion they're not super poppy yeah uh, I'm not a big pop church song yeah, your, fan your mom has a style it's it's like it's, it's a little bit more lullaby it's like it's more moderate like yeah. like not a hymn but not like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's why they don't make me in charge. Yeah, I'm the church beatboxer. They should let me and Jordan Moon do that. That would be very cool. <laughs> do you beatbox? On Bishop's Night, you guys could come and do that. We should. I, I have to prepare. Do you actually, know, do, do you actually beatbox or are you going to learn now? No, but I would learn how to for that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I'm ready. So let's say we'll give you a month. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple other stories we could get to here. If um, sure. Where do you want to go with this, Tina? We we've got the best thing from freshman dorm at BYU. Yeah. Um, conversion story. What did, what did I say about freshman dorm? I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's just... said best thing we did as a floor in my freshman dorm at BYU. Little bit of college advice. Oh. The best thing that we did as a floor, like our entire floor at BYU would go to dinner together. Every oh, really? Yeah. So, that sounds so someone would come down and knock on everybody's door around 530 every night and we'd go have dinner together um, as a floor. And I think that really, it brought us together. So I would say like my college advice to that is, is to be really active with the, the people that are around you, especially if you're in the dorms, like to not just have your roommate be your friend or maybe not your friend because I also learned that sometimes roommates are just roommates and not friends. But um, <laughs> that freshman year, we were all really good friends all the way down the hall and um, just spending that time together on purpose every day, I think it made a big difference. So. Were you in Helaman or Heritage yeah, wasn't built then, right? It was, it was there. Oh, it was? Yeah. So you guys would all go like get the meal plan and mm -hmm. so you'd all okay so i was thinking you like you'd go at like out got to like, denny's or something no we went to the <laughs> just, like, cafeteria overflow <laughs> every night we went to the cafeteria together we'd take up like three of the big round tables and that's what i'm thinking about like going so that's a good idea how, how was that helpful to be together like that um i think that one thing it, it kind of forces you out of your comfort zone and to to meet new people um because one thing I had to learn after I left BYU, because people are really friendly there. <laughs> and when I left there and went to the U of O, um, I really struggled at first because it pe the people didn't have the same belief system as I did. And I was kind of felt like the outsider coming in three years into the program and not knowing anybody. Um, I felt like really out of place. And I remember, I think I was talking to Alan, I was like, I don't know what to do. And he, he kind of reminded me of something that I knew from before, but that if you want to make friends or if you want to have friends, you got to make friends. Um, you got to put in the effort. And so I had to kind of get outside my comfort zone and start talking to people. But freshman year, when we did that all together, um, it created a really large comfort zone, which, which I love doing. Um, it just, I don't know, there's something about eating together that makes a difference. I don't know what it is. I love that advice. And if I, had a do-over, I would be more social at college because yeah. I, I went to BYU-Idaho and 
now in retrospect, looking back, I spent so much time worrying about grades and stuff like that. And there were myriad social opportunities, devotional that I didn't always go to. And I, my advice too would be, you know, the grades will come as long as you make an effort, like you'll get through college, like yeah. enjoy the other stuff, learn to be a person and learn to make friends. Yeah, you have to have a good balance because you, you need the grades. Like I know a lot of people that go and then they, uh, there was quite a few people in our ward that ended up on academic probation after the first semester. Right, there is that extreme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I don't, how are you doing that? Should, if you go to class and do the work, you should at least be able to get C's. And they were like, oh, well, we don't go to class. Oh, well, that's a problem. So, so you know, the grades are important. You're paying a lot of money to be there. But yeah, it was it was good to find a balance between the social and and my problem was I just didn't sleep. So like I did all the grades and all the social and and I slept like four hours a night. I would not oh recommend gosh. that. I would not. That was that was not healthy. <laughs> did you work in college? I did not. I had a full tuition scholarship. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. It actually just kind of fell in my lap. Um, I took the ACTs and marked um, in the back of them. When you take it, you can put in a, a few colleges that if you're thinking of colleges. And I only put BYU there. And after I took the ACT, I got a package from BYU of like all this welcome stuff with a t-shirt and a video and all kinds of things. And so it's like a VHS like, or a DVD. Yeah, it was VHS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to BYU. And that's what happened. And then they sent me a letter that said, welcome to BYU. Here's a half tuition scholarship for your grades. And I was like, sweet. And then Cute. after the first semester, I kept my grades up and they said, here's a full tuition scholarship. Just write this essay. And I was like, okay, I'm doing that. So. It just kind of fell in my lap, um, which is great about church schools because there are so many more academic opportunities. When yeah. I went to the U of O, they said, are you a minority? And I said, nope. And they said, okay, we have nothing for you. Here's the thing so. about that, like those type of scholarships. I have a, my teacher, my chem teacher, he was at OSU for his master's. And he literally told us there was this scholarship meant for minorities, but he just applied for it. And then they called him and like and they gave it to him. You're the only person that applied for the scholarship. No Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, that was one thing my dad has told me. He said apply for every and every. any scholarship because chances are there's sometimes where no one will apply. Yeah, you'll get it. Yeah. All right, Tina. I have to know, like, when BYU plays Oregon in football, who do you root for? Ooh. Mm. I feel like the answer is Oregon. Oh, <laughs> I feel like my heart's at BYU. But I have to root for Oregon because I grew yes. up here. So yes. All right. I don't know. It's kind of a toss up. I, Sports. I don't know. I have I'm to sorry. go both most of the time. But what did you get on the ACT, if you don't mind my asking? Um, I got, let's see, I got a 30. Yeah. Is the 30 now the same as it, like what it is today? Is it still out of 36? No, it is. Like, it I don't is. know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Dang it. <laughs> Did you take the ACT? I just want to find if I took the ACT. Yeah. You I got one point lower than Tina. Dang it! Yeah. Twenty-seven. I thought it was pretty. <laughs> I thought I got pretty good score until I got to BYU and realized like everybody in my dorm had the same or better. <laughs> yeah, I got a twenty-seven. I'm gonna be the dumb one if I no. get in. That's a good score too. It's 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 in the it's the lowest you can get to be in that little top classification thing. Mm -hmm. So That's I'm still like, the top classification. It's true. Give yourself credit. I'll take that. My dad's always like, oh, yeah, I got a 30. 
one. So I was like, oh, 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 oh boy. <laughs> Cock jaw, just like, oh, yeah, I got a 31. We had a, we had a girl in our hallway that got a 36. She had, she got the Hinkley Scholarship, which is the full ride scholarship at BYU. Some people, yeah. some, I don't know. Some people are just like, have higher functioning brains. Yeah, my brother that I was talking that I used to try to beat up when I was a kid, he got a perfect score in the math section of the SATs. Dang. Yeah. And he bombed the English section though. <laughs> I, I did the opposite. I almost got a perfect yeah. score in the English That's section, awesome. and then I did horrible on the math. Hence my 27. <laughs> hey, look, there's Emma. We Should we let Emma in? Give her a quick hi. Yeah, shout she's out to she's like Emma Marcus. So, so um, when did we start? Like, I lost track. We started at 7.30. Yeah. Oh, we've been going for a while. Yeah, we can keep going, though. Plenty. Let's talk about your conversion story then. Okay, that's a good one. Um, I grew up in the church, so always been a member since I was eight, and it was always just it's what we did. You know, when I was a kid, I never really um, fought against it. I never fought much of it, other than like this is what we do. We go to church on Sundays, and, and we talk about the Book of Mormon, and that was all very normal. Um, somewhere in my teen years, I started to kind of feel restless. Um, I just wanted to know, like, cause everybody kept talking about, well, I know this is true. I know this is true. I was like, how do you know? Like, that's really confusing to me. How, how do you know? Like, I, I believe it cause I've always been taught it, but I don't know if I could say that I knew. Um, so probably around 16, I was really uh, searching hard and asking and asking and asking for a long time. Um, I just really wanted to know if it was true. And I was at EFY one year um, and sitting in Hinkley Hall and we were having a devotional by one of the, our leaders. And I just remember this scripture that I had read um, earlier in the week just popped into my head. And I, I can never remember the reference. It's in Alma, but it says basically that all things denote there is a God. And it just was right there in front of me. Like I could read the scripture in my mind. Um, and I don't even remember what the devotion was about. I don't even know if she was talking about that subject, but probably not. Um, and that just hit me so hard. Like, I already knew. Like, I didn't know that I knew, but I knew. Um, and from that day, it was, you know, it was like Joseph Smith said, I, I knew it and I knew that God knew it and I could not deny it. And sometimes I think about like, what if something tragic happened? What would I do or, or how would I feel? And, and um, what if somebody really offended me at church or, you know, something like that. And I just think back to that and I was like, I can't, I can't deny what I know now. I know that God is God and I know that he's real and that he lives and that the gospel is true. Like all of it, I know. Um, so even if I have problems with people, I never have problems with the gospel. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's solid. So that's, like, that thought has been kind of pervasive lately. It's like, I know I know. So, like, if I went off and did my other thing, like, what type of person? Like, I'm, like, I'm just, like, like, I have too much knowledge to, like, it's, like, you, you can't, like, th that or else you're just being, like, deliberately, like, like, rebellious. Yeah. I don't know. Just something I've been thinking about lately, because, I don't know, 
being a high schooler, it's just like all those thoughts are like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do all this stuff. Or like, yeah. and then even the more extreme ways, like, like, how much, like, do I love this? And then, like, then that thought always comes back in my head. And it's just always like, I know this too much. Like, what am I thinking? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Get to that point where you just can't deny it, right? Like, you d- you just know. It's just like fact facts now. Like, can't can't deny facts in my head. Yeah. I don't know. So that that thank you thank you for that. That brings up the what it makes me think of too is there are those certain things where you know and the example you gave I think is perfect, and I've had that experience too. I feel like sometimes in the church culture we can get overly declarative. This is just my opinion, but, you know, there are some things I don't know. There's things I believe, and I think saying believe is okay, too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like I, I know certain things, but it's like four things. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then the rest is like, I believe that. <laughs> and I think it's okay, like, to be in that space, too. And I don't know, I I've, I feel like um, probably our, even our leaders are, are shifting towards that. Like, it's okay to have some ambiguity in your life. And still know that God lit God exists and loves you and know that Jesus is your savior. Yeah, I mean like that's like for a foundation of a testimony you just need to know that Jesus was your savior and that the book of Mormon was restored. Oh yeah, there's tons of stuff that I don't know. And there's tons of questions that I still have, you know, like how does this work and what is, what does this look like or you know, and so, and a lot of things we just have to take on faith and I think that that's an okay place to be. Um what I love that the the prophets are and apostles are now saying a lot more often. I I've been hearing it is, is that even when you have those questions, which are good and natural, and it's fine to have questions, but um, to go back to the things that you do know, like you said, you know four things. Well, go back to those four things, right? <laughs> right. Because that's where that's where you feel solid. And be like, well, I don't know this, but I do know that Jesus is my savior, and I know that He died for me, and I'm going to stay there, you know. And then I can worry about these other things as we go along. Like I can do little bits of it. I can try to figure it out. And if it's not serving me, you know, I'm going to put it off to the side and maybe come back to it later. But I can for sure know that I want to stay in the boat, you know. So I, I love when they, they've been talking about that a lot more often. Like go back to your solid foundations. Those Like I go back to that moment when I was 16 all the time. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, I know. Like this was my solid moment i can go back to it all the time yeah when you hear like with all the like the raft stay in the boat you yeah, yeah. the stories yes yeah, my favorite metaphor actually <laughs> stay in because really if you're in a storm right you don't want to get out of the boat into the stormy water like ride the storm out because there is an end to it you just don't see it right now. i've always wondered what that would be like to like He's swimming in stormy waters. Terrible, I'm sure. Right? I think it would suck, but do you think it'd be like kind of fun? You go. Woo! I can barely tread water as it is. Like oh, I sink oh. like a rock. I took a swim <laughs> class at, at BYU, and I can swim. Like I took swim lessons for years, years of swim lessons. Uh, my mom made us pass the like the highest level of the swim lessons eight times before she would let us stop. <laughs> I counted. Um, so <laughs> I can swim really well, and I took this swim class, and then we get to the like the last day, and we our coach was like, okay, now we're going to go into the diving pool. We're going to tread water. I was like, crap. 
I was so bad at treading water. So we're out there and I'm treading water for maybe a minute and a half tops and I'm starting to drown. Like, <laughs> I'm just sinking. Like my body sinks. I can take full breath and just sit on the bottom of the pool. Like I just sink. Um, and she looks at me she, and I went over to the side and I'm holding on to the side. She looks at me. She's like, are you serious right now? And I was like, that was it. <laughs> that was all of my energy. And she was like, that was like a minute and a half. I said, I know, I sink. And she goes, well, go back out there. Show me what you're doing. So I went back out. She goes, your technique is flawless. I was like, I know. I've taken a lot of swimming lessons, but I sink like a rock. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> think that I would do well if, the, if I got out of the boat into the stormy sea. It would not do well for me. I'd die in about two minutes. <laughs> I'm going to censor myself there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have any other questions? A couple of other things here, and we could go to your hobbies and kind of love of adventure. We could talk about seminary. Where Where do you want to go next? If you talk about seminary, that's dangerous. I could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about when we're talking about seminary? Are we like, we're talking about. Never mind. I'd like to start at least. Just a lot of us kind of know that seminary is a labor-intensive calling, but I don't think we fully understand what the day-to-day -day of a seminary teacher is like. If you could help us understand a little better. Sure. Can I add something really Go. before? Yeah. Um, I'm not typically late to seminary. <laughs> this That's is, true. yes, thank you. But like Tina's always there, like yeah. every day. Like what time, what time do you get there? I leave my house at six. That's yeah. so. Do you not sleep? Um, I sleep. When do you sleep? Uh, not as much as I should, um, <laughs> but okay. I sleep at night. Um, yeah. So, seminary starts at six thirty-five. Now it was six forty. Now it's six thirty-five. So, yeah. Well, uh, when does it end? I'm not actually sure anymore. When does like seven thirty-five? Full hour. Okay. Yeah. So we just changed schedules. If anybody's wondering, so we go four days a week now for sixty minutes each day. Um, so my day starts at 540-ish, about when I get up, and then um, go to seminary. I leave at my house at 6, and I teach seminary, or I listen to a discussion, like Joel led discussion today. That was great. Um, and then I go back home, and I get Emma on the bus. Everybody else is already gone. They do their own, get themselves to school, so um, props to them for being so independent. Um, I get Emma on the bus, and then... I start over again. So then we start and I study. Um, so depends on the day. Sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's four, sometimes it's less. It depends on how much I was able to study over the weekend. So if I can get the whole week's worth of studying in over the weekend, then each day is maybe an hour. Um, but So I prep the lesson for the next day and, and uh, yeah, and then we start all over again. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Most of the, our listeners don't go to seminary, uh, but it's unreal. It's a, it's a pretty cool experience. I really like it. What's it been like for your spiritual development and growth? Mm. It's it's definitely been. Um, I would say it was harder than I thought in a lot of ways to be. Um, and not just the time commitment, because I have I have the time now that the kids are in school, so I have that time to commit um, to the studies. But 
to be spiritually in tune and like on top of my game every day is kind of taxing, is draining. Like, um, but it's so rewarding at the same time. Um, I remember when I first started, it was harder because I had to get into kind of a routine and and um, it's like any any muscle, right? You got to build a muscle for it. So it was exhausting the first, probably the first half of last year. I was just like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once I, I got used to it, it became um, amazing. Like for sure, it's the first calling I felt like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, I just love it. I love getting up every day and talking with these kids about the gospel. Like I'm a gospel nerd anyway. I love talking about the gospel and, and just thinking about things in new ways. And, um, but being able to talk with the youth, like it's incredible. Like their testimonies are, are so big and they get it. Like they get it so much better than I did at their age. And it's just really exciting and fun. And that goes into something I wanted to ask. And first I want to start by challenging a thought that's out there about Drew and Lexi, are you guys Gen Z? Is that what we technically fall under? Is that um, I'm a millennial. Sorry to you. No, not I'm going to say that stretches almost to my age group. Like, yeah, I was going to say I'm I'm a millennial technically. I'm yeah. the oldest millennial you can be. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's weird. We're um, Gen Z. We're Gen Wired or whatever. It's yeah. Wireless. <laughs> I, I, th I think one thing that's been thrown out there about Gen Z is, you know, you're on your phones all the time and things like that. And, yeah, we are. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely thrown out there and it's kind of like maligned the idea that you're always on social media and stuff. But it's not wrong. I'd, I'd like to challenge that mindset a little bit because I think... And even though Drew, even with me censoring you, sorry, like sorry. <laughs> I'm around, I'm around you, Drew, Lexi, and there's just so many times where I go back home and I tell my wife, like these kids amaze me so much, and they do so many things on a higher level than I could ever imagine at that age. Yeah. And I wonder for you, Tina, just what has kind of stood out to you with this generation of youth that you're working with that that's special about them that maybe is different from your and I's generation? Yeah, um, a couple of things. I was thinking about when I get to work with them at like a youth battalion or at girls camp, which is a different kind of setting than seminary or church. Um, I just remember that my favorite parts of, of being there is watching them work with each other. Um, especially when they become the older group, right? So the the, um, the priests and we don't call them laurels anymore. The older girls, um, but when they start being the leaders for the yes. younger kids, and I feel like that's a much more natural process for them than it was when our generation. Like I remember, it was kind of like they had to tell us all the time, like, okay, you you need to be a good example to the younger kids. You need to help them. But it's like they naturally do that more often. Um, I just think watching them, they, they take care of each other, which is really cool to watch. Um, and then also spiritually, when, when I was thinking about when I was in seminary, my mom was my seminary teacher. She was a seminary teacher for like 16 years. Um, so she, I remember she would, we would teach something. We'd, you know, kind of talk about it a little. We weren't really good at discussion. Like these kids are way better at discussion than we were. Um, and then she would say, okay, now you have to apply it. And she would really have to kind of push us to like, well, how do you apply this? 
And I sometimes will ask that in my class, but they're already doing that. You know, if I don't ask it, they're already thinking, well, how does this apply to me? Um, and I, I think that's really cool to see that kind of change. Like, um, I don't know if it's a change in the way that we're teaching, maybe a little, but I really just think it's mostly them. You know, they, they get that the gospel is for them. And this is why we talk about it. And, and it's this natural application that's really cool to see. I want to riff off that a little bit. And Drew and Lexi, you can feel free to chime in because I agree with everything you're saying. And I'm wondering, what does that mean for us as leaders and teachers as far as how we need to approach sharing and, and teaching the gospel differently with, with the youth? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like the way it's being taught right now. You guys are doing a great job. Like, I think you guys are pretty in tune with the youth as it is. I think about when I'm teaching, I think about the why a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that helps me approach it in a way that makes sense, you know, because we do talk about like, here's the things that we do in the gospel, right? We do these these four things, and this is what salvation means. And we talk a lot about definitions, and I think those are good. But the why, um, when I focus on the why, that's when discussion happens yeah. in our class. And I think that's when growth happens, and that's when testimony bearing happens, um, is whenever we can talk about the why. I like that. And it goes on what we're talking about with the youth today is I think they are so much more inquisitive um that just i i remember growing up it, there was a little bit more of a stand and deliver model of this is the gospel these are the rules you need to follow this and and we would kind of sit there and like okay yeah that sounds good um but now I, so many people are asking you know well why why do we do that and yeah. Uh, um yeah I, I think that group discussion model is just much more natural yeah yeah like the oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, I just want to know really quick. In high school, did you like seminary? I did like seminary. I'm not going to say I was like fully awake every time, but but I did like seminary a lot. Um, I naturally liked the learning the learning process of all of the background things in the scriptures. So yeah, I was a fan. Yeah. Did you ever think you were going to become a seminary teacher? No. No, for sure not. I remember my mom used to say things like that to me. Like, well, when you're a seminary teacher, I'm like, mom, that's <laughs> not going to happen. It's like, nobody wants to hear me talk. So, no, I did not think I would be a seminary teacher. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually always thought they would keep me in primary forever. How long did you work in primary? Um, I started in primary. I taught sunbeams when I was 18. No way. Yeah, so I showed up at a church dance. So I was still a senior in high school. Showed up at a church dance, and my one of my bishopric members called me off into another room, and I was like, "What is happening?" Like my <laughs> dance card. We used to have to have dance cards, which was like showing that we had an interview with the bishop that we could be there. Kind of like a temple recommend. That's we funny for dances. Yeah, it was funny. So I was like, "Is there something wrong with my dance card?" And he said, um, we want you to be the sunbeam teacher. And I was like, what? I said, you know, I'm still in high school, right? And he's like, yeah, we think that this will be a, a, a good spot for you. And I was like, uh, okay. So I was in primary from 18 um, all the way through 
I think the first time I got called into a women's was when Naya was a baby. No, the holy cow. So. Also, welcome back, Jason. You got the full experience with me. I drank too much water and I had to go to the bathroom. Okay, I'm going to censor you there. Uh, I used my censor. <laughs> we were just talking about, so how many years that like quantify? 18 to... Let's see, when that, it was probably about 10 years. Damn. Yeah. Because I, I graduated in elementary ed, so whenever people found that out, they're like, oh, put her in primary. <laughs> so like just some names or? Uh, no, I taught lots of different things. I actually taught um, Casey Lightheart in my CTR4 class. Oh, I love yeah. Casey. Was, Casey, if you're. He was really cute as a little kid. I have this video of them doing um, a skit in primary with Ammon and cutting off the arms. <laughs> really cute. But he, used, he was funny because they were transitioning from snacks in sunbeams to like they were asking us not to bring snacks for any of the other classes at the time it was like a really big push and so i remember him he would come in and be like okay when are we having snacks casey we're not having snacks today well why aren't we having snacks so, well you're too old for snacks we're not gonna do snacks anymore and he goes i am not too old for snacks <laughs> he would ask me every week for like three months he asked me <laughs> same same conversation just like not too old yep. for snacks i'm not too old for snacks he would tell me that's a t-shirt too uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm not too yeah, old for snacks <laughs> i need that t-shirt we need to start a merch line <laughs> <We should laughs> the, case, the casey lightheart merch line <laughs> get started through brandon brandon oh will start it from this mission okay well actually funny story all of brandon's merch like it was, it's his design, his idea, but I did all the, the labor, all the putting it on the machine and off and switching the thread and X, Y, and Z. <laughs> um, but I got his Apple Watch in exchange for it, so I'm not complaining. It's not a bad deal. That, that doesn't surprise me, though. Oh. Wait, that's all he paid you? I mean, it's, it's an Apple Watch. I mean, I don't have an Apple he Watch, so I don't actually. Way have. more than he should have, I think. <laughs> so. It's like 70 hours of intensive labor just like making. Yeah, Brandon's so weird merch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to know about your early teen years, and you're saying that you wish you were a kind of person. Do you have like any advice, any specific examples, X, Y, and Z? Uh, specific examples. I won't. I probably won't go there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in my my early teen years, I was not super kind. Um, some embarrassing stories there like when i think about them they're embarrassing to me because i would not want people to know that about me but um i don't i don't know when there was a turnaround for me but somewhere around my junior year probably um i just kind of decided that that wasn't going to be me anymore um i i made a lot of efforts to be the upperclassman that i wish some of the upperclassmen were to me when i was a freshman and so like on the volleyball team, there was always this tradition of the seniors would make the freshmen carry all the equipment or when we went on long trips, like they, the freshmen had to sit in the front and like just all these little things that they would do to the younger classmen. And um, my senior year, my teammates and I, we decided, because most of us were seniors on the varsity team, we decided, well, we're gonna, we're gonna do it different. And so we kind of did the opposite of all of that. And we went to the freshman games because the freshman games were before the varsity ones. So we could go 
to their game and we'd help them warm up and we'd carry their equipment for them and um and then we'd just stay and cheer for as long as we could before we had to go warm up and um i just remember that was so much a better feeling um and i i was talking to one of my kids i don't know maybe a couple of years ago and and they were saying that this one kid was just really starting to bug them and they just kind of followed them around and and they were like well i'm not mean to them but i don't know what to do because they just follow me around all the time and i said whatever you do just be kind you know you don't have to be their best friend you don't have to you know spend all your weekends with them or anything like that but you don't want to have regrets because i have a lot of regrets and i you don't want that um so I, I heard this one time and it rings true to me all the time is you might be the only kindness that person sees that day or that week or that month or that year. And, you know, if that's going to be you, what kind of impression do you want to leave with that person? You know? So I think about that a lot now when I interact with people and that's the advice I would give is try to remember you might be the only kindness that person sees. Yeah. I think with that sports example, it's like, I really appreciate that you did that for your girls because um, being underclassmen these last two, at least volleyball seasons, I think it's different with tennis, but these last two volleyball seasons, I know, um, shout out Carly Ogan, cause she's like the, she's the one on varsity that always comes and hangs out with us and helps us like get better and encourages us pre-game and helps us like, she hypes us up before every game so much. And I just, I know I appreciate that so much just as a person, as an athlete, as an underclassman when she like has a quote unquote like upper hand and everything. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate that so much. So I'm sure those girls definitely really, really appreciate that. I hope so. I mean, it was a lot of fun for us as seniors. Like we, <laughs> after we did the first time, we're like, we're doing this every time because it was so fun. and. That was one thing that I figured out, you know, those kind of those couple of years is it's way more fun to be that person than the person it was before. So. Yeah. I think I, I think like when I was a freshman and like, I don't know, being freshman is weird. Like you're trying to figure out what you want to do in high school. So I was in like percussion classes. And um, I mean, some of the guys were like kind of like, oh, you're a lower classman, uh, even though they were a sophomore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And like they'd just be kind of like punks and stuff, but then there'd be like there's these two seniors in particular, who were just like, first of all they were amazing musicians, and second of all they just let me play with them, and I got to experiment and become a better musician, uh, even then, uh, and I owe a lot of my progress to these these guys, um, and now I I try to give back and do what they did for me, yeah, and just play with anyone, anyone who wants to play. So I think I think there's so much good that you, you can do. Like, if there is anything we can get out of this podcast, rather than leaving Emma on the doorstep, I think <laughs> it is. No matter what you can do, you can always be an example for someone else. I think of the gospel parallel too, where sometimes you move to a new area and you're sitting in back of the church, and it feels like there is a bunch of clicks and stuff like that. I remember feeling that way. And you think, Where, where's my place here? Um, and then you fast forward, and I look back, and I'm like, now I'm in the click. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so 
I need to remember. Says the bishop. <laughs> of course, people avoid you sometimes when you're the bishop too. But, <laughs> but um, the click. Remembering being there and saying, how would I would have wanted to be treated back then? You yeah. know. Yeah, I think sometimes the Lord steps in when when we need those places, and sometimes we have to be that person. You know. Um, I know a few years back I was feeling kind of lonely. Like I know a lot of people, but I don't know if I have a lot of good friends. And I was kind of in that spot. And um, and then the Lord sent me to girls camp. <laughs> and I met so many other um, ladies in the stake and people that were in the same stage in life that I was in. And um, so that was a, a really big answer. Like they were an answer to my prayer. And I think sometimes, um, the Lord puts us in those situations, and sometimes He says, "You get to be that person for for other people." And um, so, just to be like on the lookout, you know, when can I be that person for someone else? Because I really needed it at that time, and and maybe that's going to be me for you know, maybe I can do that for somebody else. So. And I have to say, now you're famous enough to where people want to put your face on socks. I was going to bring that up, like the the the, the trademark Tina look, which is the. The headband, oh, yeah. tied back hair, and sunglasses. sunglasses, and then no emotion on the face. <laughs> or, or a really cheesy smile, which that, Alan, Alan hates that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, Can you just make a regular face in a picture? I'm like, mm, probably not. <laughs> Wait, well, what is the, the cheesy smile? It's like, yeah, it's just a big cheesy smile. He hates that one. You need to start making show notes. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just take a picture of but yeah, the socks was just by accident. The socks are too What's good. The to the socks. So for Christmas, like for a party, we we're gonna do a white elephant, and I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I put my face on somebody's socks and I gave them gave them these socks? So it's like just the socks with my face like repeatedly all over it. And, and somebody else, uh, Camille, then she decided she wanted to do the same thing, but we did not talk to each other. And she used my face, which was hilarious. So I thought it'd be funny if somebody else was wearing my face, but she also thought that would be funny. So, so they're just people out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys just like randomly both made the yeah. same pants. Same I think Camille has Tina socks now. Oh, she's the one. That <laughs> and they're just in rotation, like they're and just your mom, socks. That your mom she wears, has the other yeah. ones, right? I don't think so. Oh, she wasn't. I wish. Then I could steal them every once so I'll wear them to school. I thought about making some and sending them to Brandon, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, <please do. laughs> Alan's like, we need to make a picture of like, you and me on socks and send them to Brandon. We need to send Brandon that care package. Oh my gosh. We can all do it. We'll all put our faces on socks and so somebody new every day. Send one out to Brandon <laughs> and then to Liam and Robert and Abram. Oh, can we please do that and do a follow-up? I think we should. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. Also, to spoil the surprise. Um, <laughs> all right. Do you want to end with our last question? Well, I, I still have one more if we oh. have a couple minutes. We're at about an hour and six. Okay. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Building on the girls' camp thing. So you, you like outdoor activities quite yeah. a bit. Are there some hobbies in particular that um, are most exciting or enjoyable for you? Um, you know... I'm kind of a butterfly, which is some, something yeah. that I figured out later in life. Uh, I always thought I was kind of broken because I didn't have a passion. Um, I think a lot of people have a passion, 
And I've always admired that and wished that that was me. So I kind of felt a little bit like, I don't know, lost or broken. Like, how come I, there's not one thing that really interests me that I want to do it every day. Um, and then I, I heard about this concept of butterfly versus jackhammer. Um, and some people are jackhammers and there's that one thing, they love it and they want to do it and they want to do it every day and that fulfills them. And um, I think that's amazing. And then some people are butterflies. And I feel like that's kind of what I am. So when I think about when people ask me, what are your hobbies? I'm like, I don't cool. even know. Cause I do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Like I like to bake, I like to cook. I like to do photography. I like to um, go and do anything outdoors. I love the outdoors, um, camping, especially. Um, Alan will tell you, I have way too much camping equipment. <laughs> like, he told me yeah. he was in charge of camping when yeah. camping happened. Yeah. I have all the camping equipment. The um, big yellow totes. <laughs> yes, I got everything, let me tell you. If you want to go backpacking or if you want to go car camping, I, I got the whole range. Um, and I love doing, like, I love going wakeboarding or paddleboarding or like, I just love doing all of the things. Um, but little bits at a time, right? I, it's not like if I love surfing, I want to go surfing every day. It's That's just not who I am. Um, so that was a really big revelation um, to me when I figured out that it's okay to be the butterfly. Um, and maybe I'm not great at anything, but I can have fun doing a lot of different things. Um, so kind of that jack of all trades, but master of none, yeah. that, that would be me. Awesome. I, I know you like outdoor activities for sure yeah. and i've been thinking about who to ask i have two questions and i, I think you'd be a good person to dave ask. glass sorry <laughs> should have asked dave glass dave, too but you can sit next to yeah exactly dave and tina part two sorry yeah. i'll stop cutting you off we should dave and tina but i like that but <laughs> what has being outdoors and and enjoying the you know being outside taught you about god um Oh, that's a good question. I think if I had to say outdoors would be my happy place, um, there's something about the peace of just being outdoors. Um, I remember a specific experience that when I was a young woman at girls camp, at Camp Alpine, and um, so maybe some of the other girls will, will be able to relate to this, but whenever there's something spiritual happening, the wind blows at Camp Alpine. Like it doesn't blow all day long. It only blows sometimes. And it seemed like anytime we were doing something really spiritual, it would blow through the trees. Um, and there's just that kind of sound of the wind through the trees always reminds me of that. So it kind of naturally draws me back to God, just thinking about all of the spiritual experiences that I've been able to have kind of out in the outdoors. So I, this is personal opinion. So, you know, Feel free to agree or disagree, but when I see the outdoors, I just think God has passion and God wants us to experience adventure in our life. You know, you didn't have to make the world as beautiful as it is, I feel like. And my part two question is, do you, do you feel like adventure is a necessary part of the human experience? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if it necessarily has to be adventure, but I do think that experience is a natural part of the experience, if that makes sense. Like, I think that we're meant to experience things for ourselves. Um, 
for me that means very active things, but for somebody else it might be something less active and less outdoorsy. And I think God wants us yeah. to experience things in the way that makes the most sense to us. Um, and just by the, the natural talents that he gave me, the, the things that I want to experience are more active. Um, that's just the way it is. But I think that we learn lessons through those things that interest us. So I, I don't think he wants us to sit at home and, mm. and do nothing. I don't think idleness is part of his plan at all. So uh, it I just don't, depends. And I, I think you're right. You know, for some people, their adventure is starting a business yeah. or or learning a craft that they didn't before. Um, but I do... I, talk to people a lot and this is just my own personal style but you talk to people who are struggling with maybe pornography something else and my first instinct is you need an adventure you need a passion that you can follow because i i think when we don't have that a lot of the time satan can creep in and say here just do this this will be exciting enough mm, and, yeah, and this will keep you occupied and um I don't know. I, that was that was the reason for that question. Yeah. No. That I think that makes total sense. I think uh, idleness is never good. <laughs> no. I think we should be actively involved in something, um, whatever that thing is that that sparks you. And um, even if you're a butterfly. Yeah. And what actively engaged in a good cause, right? Yeah. Well, I think God's a butterfly. I think God just got really good, or maybe he's just a jackhammer for like everything. <laughs> His passion is one hundred percent jackhammer. Like a, like a <laughs> super jacked butterfly. <laughs> God is a butterfly, and it's like a butterfly with like ripped muscles. Or Let's add this to the. Hi, I just saw your husband. He looked really creepy through the. He looked like that. The, he looked like the cover for like um, The Shining. You know, like where he's like creeping in between the boards. You I just need see. To make that picture too of Alan's face on the show. <laughs> Our merch line, the connection merch line. <laughs> Start with a picture of baby Casey Lightheart. <laughs> I like that. Still making faces. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I suppose I suppose we should end. We're running around an hour and thirteen. Did not think we were going to run this long. This is awesome. Um, last question. Make it real quick. So, last question. So, the podcast is called The Connection, and we always end by asking how has being a member of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints helped you to better connect with our savior jesus christ um i often will talk about how the gospel is not just the things that we do but it's the, the people that we are so i think that being a member of this church has taught me how to be um and when we are are being that kind of person um, that's when we are building relationship with Jesus Christ and having the relationship with Jesus Christ is what brings us peace and joy and love and kindness and all of the good things that you can think of it always comes from Jesus and um, I think being a member has taught me that over a long period of time right over we yeah. talked about that yeah. this morning in seminary about how Jesus learned line upon line, grace for grace. Um, and I think that we all uh, experience that. And I have always been grateful to be a member and to have kind of that that foot up since I was a child and just to learning those graces um, a little bit at a time and um, how incredibly blessed I am to have had that relationship with my savior from a very young age. Uh, it's amazing. And the peace that it brings in my life is incredible. Um, 
when I'm going through hard times, because we all have them, it doesn't really take away the hard time, but it helps me get through it. You know, like the, that metaphor again with the boat, when you're in the middle of the storm, it's, it's the worst, right? It's so hard and you're in the middle of it, but the best part about it is there's an end. And Jesus has shown us that there's an end. Um, maybe it's not in this life though, that struggle might be this whole life. And that, that's hard to think about, but at the same time, knowing that he stands with me, he walks with me, and often he carries me is what gets me through. You know? Well, thank you for coming on our podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was, this was well, before you're like, I don't got a lot of stories. And then <laughs> I think this is going to be one of our longer running podcasts. I think I've said every time I'm waiting for the episode that's just like, oh, that wasn't that great. <laughs> but it's not gonna be bad. I don't think it's possible. Everybody's yeah. got a story, right? No, it's too bad at I making bad what, podcasts. Like I didn't know what my story was gonna be, but it's it's good to be able to talk about things, and I love it. I think I'm the good medium for the podcast. This would just be like general conference if it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why we had you on, Drew. Yeah, I I bring it. I don't know where I'm going with this. Should I censor myself? I had a question. Do you memorize your last question? Because I don't even... Were you just like... You said the same thing like almost verbatim. Mill told me that I should ask that question at the end of every podcast. No, but like, do you have it memorized? I do now. Oh, nice. On my honor, I'll do my best. <laughs> do my best. Um, thank you again for coming on our, our podcast. Um, uh, you still got to share it with your brother. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and should. Emma, you gotta share, with, share Emma. with Emma. She will. In yeah. case you like her, tell her she's the star of it. <laughs> she's the she's the star of our podcast. All right, bye. <laughs> this episode of the Connection Podcast, we're on most podcast carriers. So please like and subscribe. The show's art is done by Joel Boreen, and the music is provided by Drew Boreen. We look forward to connecting to you next time. Until then, take care.